From a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation? Intriguing stories and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. What if you took the time to really soak it? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luki, your host, and I appreciate you listening to my show. Speak to me. My team and I spent a lot of time and energy thinking and preparing for our show about things I care about and I think that you will too. So talk to me. Let me know what you're thinking. If you find my show riveting, valuable, horrific, or offensive, or fill in the blank. Just jet me an email at info at talkwithfrancesca.com or you can go right to my website talkwithfrancesca.com and fill out the contact form right there. You can also visit me on Facebook. I promise I'll get right back to you. If you miss part of the show, you can go to recent shows on my website. Again, that's talkwithfrancesca.com and listen there. There And now I'm on iTunes, so plenty of places to go to listen to Talk with Francesca. So we've got a lot to cover today, so we're enough with the housekeeping. We're going to get started. It seems like every week a new high-profile man is making headlines for inappropriate behavior. The now Me Too social campaign has been tweeted, I think, about two million times. And, well, as we all know, these posts are all too often accompanied by encounters that range from humiliating to horrific. Matt Lauer is one of the latest public figures to fall from grace as several women have come forward with allegations of sexual misconduct. As we continue watching the story, it seems like there are more questions than there are answers. So here today to dive into this topic is legal editor for Talkers Magazine, attorney Stephen Weissman, who recently wrote the article, The Law Behind the Matt Lauer Firing. Welcome back, Stephen, and thanks for being here today on Talk with Francesca. Always great to talk with you. So, Stephen, why is it that sexual harassment and assault victims wait so long to speak out? Well, you know, a lot of the time uh, you really can't, uh, be too critical of them because in many instances it is a it's a major uh, uh, power dichotomy and uh, there may be women or in some instances not often but in some instances even men who have been sexually harassed but uh, they're concerned that uh, if they speak up um, their careers could be uh, in jeopardy that uh, HR is not interested uh, in their responses um, that the uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, which uh, hears complaints on this, uh, is not going to be responsive. So for so for many women until just just recently, uh, they they kept it to themselves because it didn't seem like anything positive was going to happen if they spoke up. In these situations, it seems like the court of public opinion so easily places the blame on the victim. Is that true? You know, this this whole thing is troublesome because in, in many instances uh, there have been uh, cases where uh, the women, the victims, have uh, been blamed. Uh, I remember, interestingly enough, you you just had the uh, the sentencing of the uh, the team doctor for the United States women's gymnastics team, uh-huh. uh, who had, and we can say this, you know, without equivocation, he was convicted. Uh, in court and is sentenced to 30 years in prison. But uh, one of the gymnasts actually uh, uh, criticized one of the other gymnasts for how she was dressing. 
And it, it's like, wow, if we gone back there again where uh, mm-hmm. a woman who dresses in a certain way is somehow asking uh, for to be sexually harassed. Um, so the to some extent, the, the public is hard on the victims to another extent, and something that's troubling to me uh, just as much is that even when there are allegations, it seems, uh, there are serious repercussions before there have even been uh, investigations. And so you have the the case in particular of, of Al Franken, in which, you know, maybe it is a question of levels. I mean, it's not uh, the, the level of a, of a Harvey Weinstein with story after story after story. So uh, we've got to find that uh, that real basis of protecting the rights of victims and protecting the rights of someone who is just accused. Do you think that some women are more likely to be sexually harassed than others? You know, I don't think so. I really think it is more a matter of, uh, of power uh, than it is sex. Uh, you know, uh, rape is a, is a violent crime. It's not, it's not a sex crime out, out of, out of lust or something. And, uh, so, no, I, I don't think there are necessarily women who are more likely to be victims uh, for any reason other than they are just prey to these predators. Hmm. So how, as a society, do we unpack and correct the destructive beliefs and misconceptions that have created the rape culture we currently live in? You know, and certainly uh, it is true. It is. It's going to take a... Uh, 180 degree change because uh, we do sometimes criticize the victims. We do say, "Oh well, if she was uh, was not bantering with uh, this person, if she was not wearing clothes that would be deemed provocative." But those those really are irrelevant. Uh, the, you think that co- that's sex- com- you think that's completely irrelevant? I, you know. I really do. I, I do think in the sense that uh, you can have a mixed message, but I think once the message is made clear, uh, then it becomes a matter of, of sexual harassment. I do think, unfortunately, you know, this is why there's such a range. And lately, uh, all of the men have seemed to have been lumped into a, the, the real serious offender when perhaps what they could be doing uh, was creating a, as the legal term is, a, a hostile work environment. But there are times that, frankly, some of these men are either clueless or and don't pick up on uh, what a woman may say, or the woman may not say something. And so uh, what he thinks may be uh, humor uh, is not being taken uh, humorously. Uh, you know, this uh, seen in, in some extent with uh, some of the accusations against uh, Al Franken, for instance. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we've we've got to change. We've got to change uh, the culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with uh, legal editor for Talkers Magazine, attorney Steve we- Stephen Weissman. Okay, so let's shift here and talk a, lo- a little bit about Matt Lauer. Um, does the swiftness of the firing indicate that there was no detailed investigation? 
Well, you know, I, I got to admit, I was I was very surprised at the uh, at the swiftness of it because the official complaint the official complaint was on a Monday uh, evening, and uh, there was a a long interview uh, of the, uh, the the female employee along with her her lawyer Ari Wilkenfeld, and they met with uh, NBC's HR people and the legal department for several hours. Uh, they. NBC did an investigation, but they did the whole thing in, in really just about a day because by Wednesday morning, Lauer was fired. Uh, I happen to think that there probably was overwhelming evidence because in the, in the uh, case of okay, yeah. Matt Lauer, mm-hmm. what you're looking at is someone who was quite beloved by the network. He was uh, working in a, a cash cow, the uh, Today Show, that brings in a lot of money. He had a good reputation, and uh, at least that was what it was till things started coming out. And uh, I don't think they were looking to fire him. So uh, it was a fast investigation, but it probably was something that was fairly clear. Mm-hmm. And so is Matt Lauer entitled to a due process? Yes, he absolutely. Well, it's, there is a question of what constitutes due process. Um, and, uh, in fact, uh, your, your employer can fire you for uh, pretty much any reason, uh, so long as it is, is, it is not an illegal reason, such as uh, racial discrimination or sexual discrimination. So in this case, they could have fired him without cause. There's no question they had the, uh, the right to do that. If they did, they would owe him money. He also, and uh, just about all of these uh, contracts uh, in the entertainment business will come uh, with arbitration clauses that if there is a uh, challenge to a uh, determination under the uh, under the contract saying that uh, Lauer is being fired for cause, which is what NBC is saying, uh, he can challenge this in arbitration. Uh, this is something when when Charlie Sheen was fired for cause, it wasn't sexual harassment, but he right. was fired uh, for cause. He tried to take it to court, and I think uh, his reason was he probably wanted to uh, get a jury, thinking that a, a jury might be uh, more friendly to him. Uh, the arbitration uh, provision was, which is going to be private, uh, was upheld, and that's what uh, happened with Charlie Sheen, and they eventually settled. Um, it's very interesting with Lauer because the public posturing has been NBC sa- is saying they are not going to pay him anything. His remaining contract still would owe him about $20 million uh, through 2018. Oh, lunch so, money, huh? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it, wow. it'll be interesting to see if Lauer, uh, if Lauer doesn't challenge, if he feels it's not worth it for his reputation, or if he does challenge, and if he challenges, it will go through arbitration, and the uh, the burden uh, will be on NBC to show that they fired him for cause. So they don't at this point they don't have to pay him money that's owed on his contract. That that's what they that's what NBC, NBC's position is, and Lauer at this point has not invoked uh, his rights under arbitration. He wouldn't have any uh, rights to go to court. Let's talk about moral clauses. How do they work? You know, they've changed over the years, and uh, morals or morality clauses in contracts are very, very common uh, in the entertainment industry, uh, in endorsements for advertising, uh, in uh, professional sports, and they make sense because to a great extent, 
these businesses depend on the good image uh, of their employees. So if the employee violates this clause, which can be very, very broad or narrow, and here again, it depends upon how strong one side is or the other when it comes to negotiating the clause. It isn't always the same clause. So I, at, at one time, even in operating under the influence of alcohol, would have uh, ended up triggering a, uh, a morals clause. Now, when you have the talent that is in a uh, strong position, uh, they will probably uh, try and get a, a contract that uh, will uh, only allow the invoking of the uh, morals clause if there is a, uh, a sex crime and conviction. But the, uh, the management management will want to uh, have a morals clause very, very broadly for anything that demeans uh, the particular employee in the eyes of the public. But it will be up to uh, the employer to have to prove it isn't just their opinion. Uh, Rashad Mendenhall was a professional athlete, uh, a football player for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, right after... Uh, the uh, the killing of Osama bin Laden, he made some comments uh, critical of the killing. Uh, he was uh, fired from his endorsement deal using the the morals clause, and he fought it. He fought it, and uh, the courts, while they upheld the morals clause, said that the uh, in this case Haynes Underwear, the uh, the the company he was endorsing, would have to show that indeed there was evidence that the uh, public uh, held him in disrepute. Mm-hmm. Do you think that women can feel hopeful with this whole Me Too movement? You know, I I think it's good for women to see the the support, and so uh, on that alone, I think the Me Too movement shows that people are not alone. And frankly, as a man, I was uh, I was and continue to be shocked at the depth of the uh, of the problem throughout mm-hmm. our society and mm-hmm. people that I otherwise. Right trusted. Um, But I just, I'm concerned that anyone can just say me too without uh, any evidence of it as well. Right, right. And, you know, sexual harassment is obviously undeniably prevalent and causes grief to people who are affected. Um, But with that being said, false accusations, although rare, I mean, are just as damaging to the victim. You know, what are your thoughts on false allegations and the effect it has on the individual? It's... It can be devastating, and uh, it's it's easy to make that uh, that argument. Um, I was at one time I was a trial attorney when I argued to juries. Uh, uh, one of the and when I was doing criminal defense, one of the things I would say is I would ask the jury, speaking second, uh, to break the law. And the law is the law of first impressions. We form first impressions, and they become pretty pretty strong. And it can be difficult to overturn those. So if someone is accused repeatedly uh, in the media, um, it can be uh, very, very difficult to change the public opinion there. So it's a, uh, it, it's a very, very tough situation where uh, you want to defend the rights of, of victims, but you, you want to recognize that uh, not everybody that claims to be a victim of whatever is necessarily a victim. Right. If you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with attorney Stephen Weissman, and we are discussing Matt Lauer. We do need to take a short break, Stephen, and uh, hear from our sponsors. Uh, don't go away, anyone. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial.
Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutoria with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terra Mia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top ten Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723-6733 or visit us at AnticoFornoBoston.com. The easiest way to improve your health is to switch to a healthier coffee. Over 19,000 studies have shown that coffee makes a fundamental difference in health and longevity. It also comes down to drinking a roast that comes without the bad stuff and has more of the good stuff. Delicious Purity Organic Coffee has been tested to be free of molds, liptotoxins, and pesticides, as well as having the single highest level of antioxidants of any coffee tested. Go to puritycoffee.com and use code COFFEETALK to get 20% off your first order. Once again, that's puritycoffee.com, offer code C-O-F-F-E-E. T-A-L-K. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. Welcome back, Stephen Weissman. Good to be with you. So if, in fact, Lauer's misconduct was covered up, how likely is it that there be consequences for other parties that are involved? Uh, I think that's frankly, it's a great question, Francesca, and I think that's frankly why... Uh, NBC acted as quickly as it did. Uh, you know, later we were hearing about that there were uh, many, many stories or rumors uh, of uh, improprieties by Lauer. And for NBC to have liability, uh, they would uh, have to have been aware of this. It would have had to have been brought to their attention, and they didn't do anything about it. They're, they're not guarantors uh, that every... Uh, employee of theirs is going to act uh, in totally uh, properly. So uh, if indeed there were not complaints before uh, or no indications to make NBC look into this, uh, then the fact that they acted as quickly and as strongly as they did uh, could well protect them from uh, future liability from uh, purported victims of Lauer. Mm-hmm. Well, you talk about an email from Chairman Andy Lack that was read on air that stated the initial complaint lodged was the first complaint about Lauer's behavior in over 20 years. But yet several women have come forward saying that they indeed have had informed NBC of the misconduct. I mean, how much do you think NBC really knew about these allegations? You know, hard to say. And at what levels did they? And this is uh, something where if there were women who, who did say that they had reported this, 
uh, and they can show through channels uh, and uh, emails or records or paper records uh, or even testimony, uh, then indeed NBC had been aware and had covered this up. Uh, there is a significant uh, financial uh, liability on the part of NBC, and you know we we saw this we saw this at Fox we saw right. at Fox right. that uh, there were a number of uh, of complaints against uh, Bill O'Reilly and others, um, and uh, this was covered up. Uh, the, there were major settlements. As a matter of fact, right now there is a very interesting lawsuit uh, going on. You know, when when they do settle these sexual harassment cases, most of the time they're done in a way that uh, in order for the uh, the woman to receive the money, there's a confidentiality clause, and uh, they cannot talk about this, so they keep it quiet. Well, most of these agreements also will have non-disparagement clauses, and so uh, that apparently was in one of O'Reilly's uh, settlements. And, uh, and what specifically when O'Reilly is that? was saying that, one of the uh, th- that all the women who s- spoke out against him were lying. One now sued him for defamation and was free to say this because he had apparently violated the uh, uh, the provision of their clause uh, by uh, uh, speaking ill of her. So uh, that one is one that could well go to court. So uh, we'll see what happens. Hmm. And in what instance could Matt Lauer's termination be deemed without cause? If it's if it is deemed without cause, if indeed they just exercise their right to terminate him, them being NBC, he would be entitled to his remaining salary. Uh, we saw this happened uh, with uh, years ago, not for uh, reasons of any kind of harassment, but for on air uh, with uh, Don Imus, and Don Imus made mm. a. A uh, poor joke um, about the Rutgers uh, University basketball team. Well, they fired him, uh, but according to his contract, he didn't violate anything. So uh, he sh- certainly, at this case, it was CBS had the right to fire him, but they had to pay him everything under that contract. So uh, I just made out like the proverbial bandit. No kidding, huh? Yeah. So, you know, Matt was accused by so many women. I mean, how exactly will that be handled in the court of law? It'll be interesting to see. I, I, I think uh, here again, uh, it does not appear that uh, any of the women are filing criminal charges. Uh, if it's a matter of civil, their best bargaining positions will be by keeping it quiet and private. So uh, and that's, that's one of the things where the EEOC, the federal agency that deals with these complaints, doesn't have nearly as many complaints as you might think they might, uh, they would. And part of that is because many of the women who would make a complaint, before they make the complaint and make this a larger issue, will settle the case privately and confidentially. And that's what uh, very well may happen with uh, many of these women with Lauer. Really? You think so? You think that they will? Yeah, I, th- I think there's going to be uh, he uh, he's going to be seeing some uh, civil actions, but I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of civil lawsuits. Hmm. So he's issued Lauer has issued an apology, and what are some of the next possible steps for him? You know, at at this point, less is more. He's got uh, lawyers who are telling him uh, not to say anything because at this point. Uh, he is uh, admitting uh, some responsibility here. 
Uh, and it seems like the uh, pattern of many of them who have been admitting of saying, well, not all of these allegations uh, against me are true, but uh, I admit I had did improprieties. Myra Batali was one. I don't remember any of these, but yes, it sounds like what I was doing. So uh, I think we will see uh, a range of uh, civil lawsuit threats that will be very quietly resolved by Lauer and the women unless they uh, believe that they want to go to court for some kind of uh, just public approval of it. But, you know, frankly, uh, if, if you're a victim of this kind of uh, harassment, going to court is, is a very, very unpleasant experience. Mm, I, uh, I would and, think so. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think we'll see mm. settlements, and frankly, I think we won't even see the settlements. Oh. Okay, we just have about a minute and a half left. I hate to put you into a box, but, you know, it's often that we hear things, um, that we don't hear things um, from the man's perspective. Um, you know, what is your take on the recent exposure of these powerful public figures? I mean, I know that you said you're, you know, surprised, but, um, you know, tell us a little more about your thoughts about that before we say goodbye. Yeah, I, I, I think there is, there's so many thoughts. One is... Um, really disturbed at the pervasiveness of the problem. Uh, but the other is a concern about just because a, uh, an allegation is made doesn't mean uh, that it is necessarily accurate. Uh, you know, there are extreme cases uh, like the Harvey Weinsteins, but there are others where people get lumped in as if every uh, offender is the kind of predator that Weinstein appears to have been. And, uh, you know, there has to be some kind of gradation for the, uh, the man who is clueless and doesn't realize a, uh, a comedy is, making is inappropriate as opposed to a, a sexual predator like a Weinstein. Do you think that, that men will start lashing back and, and suddenly will st start coming forward that women were sexually harassing them? You know something? I wrote an article for, of all places, Penthouse Magazine uh -huh. in the 1970s about sexual harassment by women of men. And interestingly enough, as I said earlier in the interview, uh, to me it was less of a sexual thing and more of a power thing. Right. And so, yeah, I think as women achieve more positions of power, we're going to see that uh, there will be uh, sexual harassment of men. Well, Attorney Steve, Stephen Weissman, thanks so much for being on Talk with Francesca today. It's been a pleasure. Always good to talk with you. Okay, great. All right, we are going to continue the conversation about the Me Too movement when we come back. Although these conversations can be tricky and uncomfortable, they are clearly very overdue. Susan Harrow, who has developed courses to prevent sexual harassment for women in any situation, when we come back, stay with me here. Coffee no longer has to be a guilty pleasure. You've heard that red wine is good for you because of nature's most potent antioxidant, resveratrol. Vera Roasting Company makes the only coffee infused with it. Each cup of Vera's coffee delivers the same amount of resveratrol as found in a glass of red wine without the alcohol, sulfates, or tannins. Years of medical studies indicate that regular resveratrol in our diets promote cardiovascular health, slows the progression of certain cancers, Alzheimer's disease, and type 2 diabetes. Vera Roasting Coffee won double-blind taste tests against the leading coffee. 
coffees. Vera Roasting also offers its delicious heart-healthy coffees with added vitamin D to help ward off the winter blues. You can't get Vera Roasting coffee in stores. You need to go to veraroasting.com. Free and fast shipping is always available. veraroasting.com. Vera, like Vera Bradley. Go to veraroasting.com. That's veraroasting.com. Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat, no matter what the season. Nominated for Best of the North Shore from North Shore Magazine for Best Alfresco Dining, Best Kid-Friendly Restaurant, Best Lobster Dinner, and Best Water View. Why would you go anywhere else? Whether you choose their dining room, a frosty pint at their bar, or a sun-drenched deck on the Hunt Beach, they guarantee you great atmosphere with super food and service. Their menu is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out their drink menu for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with their state-of-the-art tap wines. They feature full-service lottery and kino. Tides is the place to watch any big game. They have over 20 HD TVs. At Tides, they specialize in casual dining with food that's just delicious, not pretentious. Tides is a fantastic restaurant anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Captain Lord Mansion is the ultimate bed and breakfast experience. It's the only AAA four-diamond bed and breakfast in Kennebunkport. But it's so much more. It's the perfect, elegant, romantic getaway. Relax at their day spa. Be pampered in your room with heated floors, jetted showers and tubs, gas fireplaces, king and queen beds, flat screen TVs, and all the quaintness with all the modern conveniences. Be surrounded by impeccable gardens, waterfalls, fountains, a putting green a charming gift shop, wine cellar, the list goes on and on, including a full three-course breakfast. This is a stay that you will never forget. Engage in our special offers. Call 207-967-3141. 207-967-3141. CaptainLordMansion.com. In Kennebunkport, Maine, memories and elegance await you. All right, we are back, and you are listening to Talk with Francesca. We're going to continue the conversation with Susan Harrow, who has an innovative solution to stop sexual harassment now. Love that. Welcome, Susan. Thank you for joining us today on Talk with Francesca. Such an important question and situation, and I'm so happy that all of this is coming to light now. So thank you for bringing it to everybody's attention. So you say that you can use your intent to thwart any advance. What do you mean by that, Susan? First of all, really, um, you want to think ahead and plan, prepare, and practice your responses. So many people don't think about role-playing. We think about doing this in our head. But it's when you actually do it that it gets into the muscle and mental memory, your mental and muscle memory, when you actually are prepared for these kinds of situations. So your intent is thinking about ahead of time, you know, what am I going to do if this happens? And also really thinking about creating the kind of space where it doesn't happen. And that's everything from creating boundaries, meaning not just physical boundaries, but mental boundaries. And, and what I mean by that is that you want to be aware at all times of your distance to another person. In Aikido, we call it ma'ai, which means harmonious distance. What is the best distance between you and another person? And that's on the subway, that's in your office. You know, we hear a lot about in the in the sexual harassment, oh, he brushed up against me. Mm-hmm. You know, a man, well, 
we have the, the power as women to notice, is somebody starting to get too close? Is somebody starting to hover behind me? I need to move now and to avoid that situation. So it's it's actually setting up a situation where you're preventing the sexual harassment from happening before it ever does. Do you think that women think about preparing no, that often? Because not. Because I think that it, no. it comes as a surprise kind of, you know, out from left field. So it would seem to me that to prepare, preparing for something that they don't expect to happen wouldn't even exist. What I'm saying is, yeah. So now we know how much but, it happens, right? right? So course. now we can prepare. Okay. Yeah. So maybe you're not prepared. <laughs> and often that doesn't mean you're not going to be surprised. I, I, I'm still surprised. It happened to me, you know, the other day. So it's not like we're not going to be surprised, but mm-hmm. we want to prepare for when we're actually surprised too. So this was something super small, but I was actually on the Aikido mat where we're very physical and which means that, you know, we're body to body, but there was this big guy that I didn't even know. And he had just introduced himself. He was like six, six. And what does he do? He introduces himself and he picks a piece of lint out of my hair. Not a huge deal, but an infringement of boundaries, right? Yeah. So it already happened and it's already over. So the question is then, do you want to make a comment? Do you want to ignore it? Is it, is it, it, you know, how do you feel about it? Is that something that you want to address right there and say, you know, I, I prefer that you don't pick lint out of my hair. Let's, let's do the Aikido move and you just move right on to, you know, let's do the technique that we're going to do right now and you move right into the next step. So, so is that what you did? Necessarily, no, sadly, I didn't in that situation. And, and, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't. So I, I'm not perfect. I don't know every single thing. I thought it, a thousand things went through my mind. I, I just met this guy. I'm going to uh, ruin the rapport that we already have. How important, how important was it? He did it in a little, he didn't do it in a, in a way that was like, it was overly intimate, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a huge deal. So I chose not to address that. Mm-hmm. And in another situation, I might have. Right. You know, how important is that? Rule. Right. That question, it's how important. important. How important it is, you know what? Right. The, the important question is how, how important, important is, is it to you? you? Right. Exactly. Exactly. That is the question. And, and you know, I think that, you know, I, I think that we do intuitively know the difference. Um, you know, I mean, I, I work with, with guys and, you know, there are some guys that I, you know, I mean, we joke around and it's no big deal. The intent, right. where it comes from, it's like a brotherly, sisterly thing, you know, exactly. but, but you, this, you know, when it's inappropriate and, um, you know, I, I can say I haven't had to deal with that, thank goodness. But, um, you know. Wow, I, you're one of the rare ones. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, um, I have a strong personality. and and But, I mean, I think women who have strong personalities do still have that issue. And that I, yeah, confuses Yeah, I don't think it's a matter me. of a strong personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what's and, so confusing. Pre- like, right? I think, and you brought up a really important point. It really is important to you and like if you're feeling like darn it you know i wish i would have stood up for myself i wish i would have done that or you in your gut ew or ah or ah those are that is an indication to you and if you feel icky about it after you know so you go okay the next time there's nothing you can do about that situation maybe if it's already passed but you say okay next time how do i want to respond what would have been the ideal response and go through that as a media trainer this is what I talk to my clients about all the time. Let's 
let's see what you did well at a media interview and what do you wish you changed and next time you change it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something, it's interesting. I, in listening to you talk about this little thing of taking lint out of your hair, I find mm-hmm. that offensive. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because, put it like this, if you were... And although I suppose if I were with my sister and we were out shopping and there was a big piece of lint in my hair, she'd say, come here, you got a piece of lint in your hair, you know, <laughs> you know but yeah. there's something, my best friend. yeah, but my there's best something friend, about, my best friend said to me, I'm always touching your hair. He's gay, but you know, I'm like, yeah, but you're my best friend. I, I know you don't mean anything by it. Yeah, but but we've been best friends for 40 years. Yeah, right? but, so that's not the same. Yeah. But taking lint out of your hair seems very sort of, um, um, I, I can't even think of the word, but there's just something about it feels sort of inappropriate. It's like it's like yeah, it's it's, it's inappropriate because it's something a lover would do. That's exactly or a right. It's a very it's, or a it, there's that's right. It's, it's something intimate. But anyway, okay. So um, I'm super curious about your simple two-step system that takes you say 60 seconds that a woman can use in any situation to prevent sexual has- harassment or assault, including the butt grab. So tell us. Yeah. So the first thing is to, to when some when somebody says something to you to address it on the spot right then and there. Mm-hmm. And it's and that is without addressing any kind of judgment, their intent, assuming any kind of intent and not including your feelings. So you might say if somebody is about to grab your butt or has already grabbed your butt, you say, um, I don't want you to do that ever again. And then the second part of that is I I want to have an agreement with you that this will never happen again between us. The only time I want you to touch my body is at a handshake. Can we agree on that? Mm-hmm. And to do it with no tone, no so no attitude. Don't go, I want you never, ever, ever to touch my butt again. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but so- you know what? I can see how some women would be intimidated if that were their boss or no matter how gentle or how how firmly you say it without um any kind of emotion or accusatory Mm -hmm. sounding it there's still you are still to some degree making that person feel uncomfortable and that's when i think women get scared are they going to lose their job um you know which seems to be some of the stuff that's that's been going on right that's exactly right. And it's not our responsibility as women to stop other people to for other people's feelings or um, uh, it's, it's not our responsibility to take care of other people's feelings. Right. Easy for us so to say we're, self, we're self-employed. Right. We're well, self- I'm, I'm, see, it's not it's not my issue if my boss feels uncomfortable. Right. That's his issue. Right. So the first thing we need to do is to stop taking responsibility for other people's feelings. Yep. Yep. If he feels uncomfortable, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and you know, we want to do it in a way that perhaps precludes that, if possible. But if not, and yes, we have to consider in all of this: is is my job going to be in jeopardy, and is this worth it to me? You know, so I mean, there are a thousand decisions that we need to make, and there's not one right one for each person. Mm-hmm. And you know, so that there may be a boss who might fire her on the spot, and there's another boss who might be able to hear it and say, "Oh, you know, I I, and I didn't realize that 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 bothered you or that that was inappropriate." And a thousand responses in between that we're also not responsible for. 
And those are the kinds of decisions that we make every single day as women. It's not right or wrong. Mm -hmm. It's it's like what and and what do I want to accomplish from this? So we're always also looking at our end goal. Is is it you know if I say something for something that is is a little bit you know off, am I going to lose my job and is that worth it to me? And should I start looking for a new job right now because this may not ever mm-hmm. stop? Right. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking to Susan Harrow, and we're discussing sexual harassment and what you can do about it. Ladies, I would encourage you to get a pen and paper and take notes. Um, Susan, have you written a book? Yes, Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul. Oh, and okay. it's about how to promote yourself with um, integrity and spirit. Oh, yeah, and I did. I actually have written a book um called True Shield, Verbal Self-Defense for Girls. That's for girls 12 to 24. And that is, we're talking about this exact same topic, to start training our girls at 12 and younger. So these kinds of situations, whenever they arise, your daughters and your sisters and your cousins and your friends will all be prepared for these situations that are so common today. Oh, Susan, I and, would, and, yeah, I would love yeah. um, if I could um, be so bold. I should have asked you this beforehand. Um, but I would love if the 10th emailer to me um, could receive um, that book. It, sure. Would, yeah, would, absolutely. Okay. It's, an, it's an electronic book, so they can absolutely receive it. Oh, yeah. okay. Fantastic. Okay, great. Um, okay, so let's see. We're moving on because I don't want to miss anything here. So you say there are five stances that you should assume in any situation to make sure no means no. Um, and uh, what are they? And that's part A. And part B of that question would be, and what makes them so persuasive? Yeah. So often we accede or agree without even being conscious of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what The five things that we need to think about and practice, and this is where we come into the role play again, because sometimes we don't even know that this is happening, is your face, your eyes, your body, your tone and your words all need to be in alignment with the no. And what I mean by that is an example might be, you know, you say no and smile and cock your head. So when we say a full body no, we want to be standing straight. We want to be looking straight ahead. Everything in alignment, meaning that your your right. whole core is strong, yep. so that would be an alignment. You know, yeah. I was just watching um, um, a Krav Maga, which mm-hmm. is official self-defense system for the Israeli forces. It was a demo, and it was um, uh, two guys and a girl, and the two guys demonstrated first. And the man that he was demoing with, he didn't smile. He was totally focused. He was wearing a T-shirt and loose sh- shorts. Like the woman who was being attacked, she was wearing body hood expanded. You could see the crack in her bum and a little um, thing where she, she showed her midriff. And whenever she um, attacked the guy, when the guy attacked her, and she, she was smiling. And she wasn't giving her full intent, meaning she wasn't right. she wasn't blocking the punches with her full body. And she was smiling. If you are being if you are smiling while you are being attacked or you're smiling when you're saying a no. Now there are times when you might want to smile and say a no. Again, this is a situation that might be something to soften for your boss. Yes. You know? I hear you. So mm-hmm. yeah. So that might be a, a situation where you smile and say, um, I prefer you didn't touch me. Mm-hmm. And there might be a soft smile and yes. soft eyes, yes. right? Whereas right. if it's a ta- an attacker, you're going to give hard eyes and you're going to say, don't touch me, mm-hmm. you know, and your your eyes are fierce. Mm-hmm. So those are two different no situations, right? Yep. 
Okay, so, yeah. but you say there are five stances. Yeah, did I say uh, faith, eyes, body, tone, words? Is that five? One, oh, two, five. three, okay. four, okay. five. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Go. Okay. All right, all right, all right, early. All right, so you are a black belt in... And can I just say one quick thing? Because that's great that you, like, address that. And so that's a situation, too, where, like, somebody challenges you. So that would be a great situation, like, not to get defensive, to say, you know, what do I need to look at here, right? right. And yeah. to maintain your equanimity. Absolutely. So, because men, you know, the difference between men and women, and um, who wrote, uh, Deborah Tannen wrote this a long time ago. Men often challenge women not to put them down, but to see if they can take it. Mm-hmm. in meetings and things like that. So hmm. a, an understanding of the dynamics of how things work, too. So it's not if we don't get defensive, we hold our own, we have a strong stance in a situation where we perceive we're being, quote-unquote, attacked verbally or our ideas shot down in a meeting. That's when we can, that's why the role play is so important. It's like getting used to people shouting at you i do i train my clients like that for for the bill o'reilly's of the world i've trained people for bill o'reilly what happens when somebody's shouting you know interrupting you this is maintaining your equanimity and being still able to get out your point in a way that we can still maintain our femininity and grace right susan you're a black belt in aikido uh japanese martial arts when we come back i want to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors but i'd love for you to share with us the martial art moves that can save your skin so listeners stay with us here we will be right back Your body is not the only part of you that needs training. Your brain needs it too. Decision making and focus are one of the most important skills to accomplish your goals in life. Combat brain training is the first targeted neuroplasticity training that actually improves your cognitive ability to observe, decide, and act better and faster. Unlike digital-based programs that research shows create minimal or no real-world benefits, it incorporates portable handheld training tools that utilize all parts of the brain. 100% of the people who have followed the program report significant improvements in performance regardless of starting cognitive baseline. This program is perfect for anyone looking to accelerate their thinking process and really focus more effectively on any task at hand. Don't wait any longer. Go to CombatBrainTraining.com and find out more. The new Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafood, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. Captain Lord Mansion is the ultimate bed and breakfast experience. It's the only AAA four-diamond bed and breakfast in Kennebunkport. But it's so much more. It's the perfect, elegant, romantic getaway. Relax at their day spa. Be pampered in your room with heated floors, jetted showers and tubs, gas fireplaces, king and queen beds, flat-screen TVs, and all the quaintness with all the modern conveniences. Be surrounded by impeccable gardens, waterfalls, fountains, a putting green a charming gift shop, 
wine cellar. The list goes on and on, including a full three-course breakfast. This is a stay that you will never forget. Engage in our special offers. Call 207-967-3141. 207-967-3141. CaptainLordMansion.com. In Kennebunkport, Maine. Memories and elegance await you. Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Susan Harrow. We're discussing this very important Me Too movement and sexual harassment and what we can do about it, how we can take responsibility for uh, it not happening. So, uh, big welcome back to you, Susan. Yeah, great. I love I I love this um, I love this uh, martial arts move because every woman can do it because it doesn't take strength or. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't take strength, and it doesn't have anything to do with size. That's the beauty of Aikido, Japanese martial arts. So this one is if somebody grabs you, like on your arm or your wrist, you can do what's called the pinky grab. The pinky is the least um, strong of our fingers, yeah. and the kind of angle is if you just grab the pinky and gently, because you don't actually want to break it unless it's an attacker, right? If it's a person in your office, so you can just grab the pinky and pull the hand off of you. And it's very, very simple. So it's just grabbing the pinky and and pulling it off in the opposite direction. So that one can really save your skin in and out of the office. There are a couple more if you want me to talk about. Yeah, you're very into this, I know, because I've I've read a lot of your stuff. And it's just like, wow, I I think I'll look this up. (laughs) And I did in my area. I did look it up. But they don't have Aikido. Is it Aikido? Aikido? Aikido. Aikido. We should have it in your area. Maybe it's just it's a martial art. It it, maybe it's within the martial arts school. I don't know, but it was pretty interesting. So I was like, hmm. It's a fascinating thing for women because of the size and strength issue, and also because you use your attacker's force to throw them or pin them. So it's not about punching somebody in the face. It's about getting them off balance, which is what we're doing in sexual harassment too. Sometimes you know we're using humor for getting somebody off balance. Sometimes it's a it's a it's a look in in this case you know, the pinky grab, it's kind of startling. It's like, oh, somebody's actually physically touching me back, mm-hmm. you know, to to meet my own to meet my own physicality. The second one would be what I call the hand blade. And this is something and these are all modified moves from Aikido. But if somebody is shaking your hand and sometimes we've all well, many of us have had this situation where the person starts to pull you in for a hug or mm-hmm. pull you in for a kiss. Mm-hmm. So what we automatically want to do is to pull back because we want to resist and that's natural and so this is where the practice comes in instead of resisting you go with somebody's pulling you in for a kiss you've just shaken their hand your hand is in a blade formation so you start moving in toward their center as your hand as a blade which pushes them back because they're already going in that direction. Mm -hmm. So you, if they're hugging you and and pulling you, you're going like this, so they will trip back and you will be able to create that distance between you. It's something that, it goes goes counterintuitive to what we think, because we think we want to pull away. Right. Hmm, yeah. And that, yeah. 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 And that's, and so it's unexpected, and so that other person will not be expecting that either, you know, for you to be doing that. So your hand is going into their center of their chest so that's kind of the uh the issue with the the unwanted that's a way to handle the unwanted hug 
that is that is that's 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 a way to handle the unwanted hug. Would you do <laughs> and it's very very effective. Would yeah. you do that or a with, grab? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, what about if it was just just totally different? Like, what if you're just not one of these huggy kind of people, and you're, you're at a, a you know it's the holidays, and someone wants to hug you? And I was just having a conversation with my sister the other day. She said, "I'm tired of all these Christmas parties. She's got a rotten cold. I'm tired of all these holiday parties, these Christmas parties. Just everyone's hugging, and they got me sick. And I, I wish yeah, that's you know, right. I don't want to hug anybody anymore. You know. So so this is just a little side note here. But I'm, would you use that if you in a situation where you just don't want to be hug yeah but you can also use even as a stop sign your hand your hand holding up in a stop sign you know oh um one woman wrote in because i was writing an article about this she just said oh i'm not a hugger oh i don't I'm like i don't say that i just say oh i've got a cold <laughs> i don't yeah. want to i don't so want to give you my germs strategy that's a great strategy too but oh. you know you can say i'm not a hugger you can put up the stop sign say you know or just you know that can be even non-verbal you know, you put up your stop, put up a stop sign, wait, and then you, and then, then I would, to be gracious, move into a handshake. So somebody's coming to your ha- hug, stop sign, handshake. That would be very gracious. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that you can actually step back or go sideways if somebody's coming into you. You know, and so the sideways is completely unexpected. I think you, you should know? do a so YouTube to- thing with with uh, these moves. I did do. Oh, you did. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the, in the Prevent Sexual Assault Vault. Oh, okay, good, because that was the next thing I wanted to ask you. I, I Actually, I wanted yeah, to yeah, ask yeah. you that so, about the, you've created a Prevent Sexual Assault Vault and Not Me movement. Um, what's in the vault, and, and how can it help women to be more assertive and stay safe? Yeah, so I, I created about um, 12 videos, and then I'm also asking women about all these different things, the unwanted hug, what to say, how not to be interrupted, what happens if someone calls you sweetheart, um, someone grabs your shoulder. All of these things are demonstrated at, at the Prevent Sexual Assault Vault at PRSecrets.com. And I created it for women so they can go up there and, and see, so they can see the martial arts moves. They can use the verbiage that I've created up there. And then the hashtag not me movement is it's inclusive of the me too. It's for women who have actually spoken up and stood up. And there are now some examples in there of women and because there's so many varieties of these everything from I have one that a woman was being raped by her best friend you know attempted rape by her best friend and how she escaped and another one was you know chased by a guy on the street you know so there's these situations where women have very creative solutions that I wanted to show you that there are, are so many ways that we can start to think about when we have this repertoire Mm -hmm. this is where the practice comes in that we can we can stand up and speak up for ourselves in all of these different ways and these women are are great examples so if any of your audience has one and you know a time when you stood or spoke up for someone please um please email it to me and that information is all on my website at prsecrets.com and i'll pop up your video so other women can can um have access to it too so we just have about three minutes left, and there's just still so many more questions that I want to ask you. But, um, well, one question I want to ask you is, is, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to make sure that our listeners pick up? Well, I think the one thing, and I and I don't know if I, I put this on our, our, our list of things to talk about, but I'd like to talk about, I think it's on our mind, two, I guess two things. One is um, I really feel very strongly that the, um, punishment should fit the crime. I think we've gone in the other direction mm-hmm. where um, where men are being punished 
for things the punishment is far is far too great for for the for the sexual harassment or the sexual assault. We want to make sure and and somebody might some people might be angry at me for saying that, but I really want you to think about if this were your husband or your brother and he had said, you know, told a joke inappropriately to someone, does that really deserve that he's fired or is that a case for him to be re-educated. And, and, and by education, I don't necessarily mean the HR department. I also mean you as a sister, as a woman, as a friend to say, hey, you know what? That comment could kind of get you in trouble. I don't find it offensive, but somebody might. You know what, well, Susan? I, I just like have that. to I have to just interject here because I, I want to thank you so much for that because this has been, it's funny, you know, as this has come up, you know, this has been lurking sort of in the back of my mind. And there's a part of me that, you know, has really wanted to say this and has, has sort of hesitated a bit. And even off the air, I've had this discussion, you know, um, I'm a woman, you know, and um, I want to see that women are safe and are not violated. But I, I appreciate what you're saying that, you know, that's right. It isn't always offensive. And, and I've had these conversations, you know, with men before, like, you know, that's not offensive to me, but some women would get really uptight about that. Um, and if a, a guy calls me, honey, uh, I don't know. I don't get too bent out of shape about that. As a matter of fact, my car was hit, um, not long ago when I just sideswiped and I was getting it fixed. And the, the guy who fixes it, old guy, you know, an older man from Italy. And he called me, honey, you know, I, I, I took it for what it was worth. You know what I mean? Uh, I know exactly. What like, you, mean. you know, this is where he's coming from. And, and you know, it, there's nothing about, I mean, yes, yeah, like, ugh. but you know, um, I, again, that's where the intent comes in too, you know, and, and, and a culture, you know, a culture of where someone yeah. is from as well. So I really very much appreciate you saying that. And um, I'd be curious if guys are going to start coming out now. Well, you know, she sexually harassed me because women do it too, right? <laughs> they do, they do. And I and I think that you know the the other question is you know why why is it the job of women to teach women to behave? But you know I I, I want to share with you an example of um, one of my clients gave me. She's in the military and she was in charge of the women coming to sexual you know you know discuss sexual assault. And they, you know, there were all of these women who came up and talked about this man who had put his hands on their shoulders, in, and inappropriately. And and they and and they were, were discussing the most important things that made them feel uncomfortable. And I said, yes. Did anyone tell him that they didn't want that, that it wasn't appropriate? No. And so this, to me, would be a case for education. It would be first, it would be education. Again, if it's not your boss, if it's someone else in a managerial position, we need to take all of that into consideration. But what if all of those 20 women had said, I don't want you to touch me on the shoulder. You know, I prefer that we just handshake and please don't come behind me and touch me on the shoulder. End of story. And can we agree on that? And he might have said, oh, I didn't mean anything by it. And um, okay, that's one response, right? Or... Um, you know, I, I don't see why I can't do that. You know, there's a variety of responses, and then you deal with that. Exactly. Then, Susan, we are out of time. I am so oh sorry. No. I wish we could go on forever. But real quick, give our listeners your website so that they have a place to go. It's prsecrets.com, and the Prevent Sexual Assault Vault is there with the hashtag Not Me movement, and also the True Shield Verbal Self-Defense Course for Girls who are um, 12 to 24, and, the, and that's um, for, for everyone as well. 
It's been a pleasure having you on Talk with Francesca today. Thanks Thank so you. much. Okay. Thank you. All right. It's time to wrap things up. We've got to say goodbye. There was so much important information in the show today. I hope you caught the whole show. If you didn't, you can mosey on over to iTunes. You can go to Talk with Francesca, my website, and go to recent shows, your pick. But do listen to the whole show because lots of great information. See you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week. 